Bloody Elbow presents the Level Change Podcast, a combat sports variety show that brings you analysis, fight breakdowns, and insightful discussion of MMA's biggest headlines. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes and Victor Rodriguez. Welcome back, and thank you for listening to episode 217 of the Level Change Podcast. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined, as always, by my amazing co-host, Victor Rodriguez. And today we'll be discussing Dana White's domestic violence situation with his wife. Phil Baroni has been arrested for murder. Jake Paul has signed with the PFL. And Yair Bolsonaro is hanging out. Scratch that. He's living in Jose Aldo's rental home in Florida. (laughs) So... (laughs) Victor, what do you think of all that? And how was your holiday? Uh, gee, I don't know. Let's start with the <laughs> let's start with the with the latter, shall we? Um, I, it was an uneventful New Year's Eve. I had to work a lot. I had to do way too much, and uh, I didn't even get the the usual pleasures of indulging in the you know the the bit of champagne and and the big trays of food. I mean, I kind of overdid it for Christmas, but um, this was this was whatever. It was just another day for me. I'm just happy that I was able to uh, after that spend a little more time with my boy but uh other than that jesus we um we, we 2022 was a mighty eventful year but damn has any other year in combat sports started off like this i can't think of any me Oof. either i mean this what a news cycle for the first week of the year And I guess I'll go ahead and and get us started off. As you all have probably read or heard, Dana White and his wife, Anne, got into a serious physical altercation on New Year's Eve. And I'm probably going to take a lot more heat for this, but I am going to stick with my original premise that Dana assaulted her first. And yes, grabbing a person by their hand, restraining them in any way is assault. If you invade a person's physical space, if you put your hands on them, it doesn't matter if they're husband and wife, she clearly didn't want to be grabbed. He steered her around by her hand. He, at one point, he drags her into him like drags her into his personal space so that he could get her where he could lean in and say something directly into her ear, her face, whatever. But he holds her, the very first scene, he's got his whole hand wrapped around hers. And then there's a moment, and if you watch, literally second by second, he actually bends it back a little bit, like, hey, pay attention to me. Yes, she did slap him first. A couple should never hit each other, but that goes without saying. And if you are doubling down on the fact that that she hit him first, or that's all you're focusing on, then you're missing the big picture here, period. Now, lots of repercussions have been happening over this. The first one being that literally 12 hours after this, this news broke, Endeavor stocks dropped by almost 6% in a 12-hour period. Now, that might not seem a lot, but trust me, that's a pretty significant dip considering that the market itself experienced less than a 1% dip that day. 
So it's clearly a direct result of this. Further, Dana White's Power Slap League looks like that thing is in the dust. Managed to make it a whole month and a half, not even two months since they announced it. What do I want to happen? I want Dana to step down. If this were any other sport, there would be a lot more blowback and discussion than there is because it seems like the discussion is central only to this community. Bigger outlets are not really covering it to the degree that it should be covered, at least as of this recording on Thursday, January 5th. I don't subscribe to Dana taking an event or two off, as some have suggested. I don't subscribe to him taking a month off, as Kevin Ioli suggested. I want him to step down. That is what would be called for if it were uh, an owner of an NFL team or a basketball team or anything not named UFC. And ESPN, I don't understand their silence on this matter. Mm. I don't, because... They have partnerships, broadcast partnerships with the NFL, but they take them to task routinely. But the UFC is the new cash cow. So I feel like their silence is a direct result of that. I mean, just last week we were reporting how Disney is jacking up the prices yet again. Anyways, the point I'm making here is that Dana needs to step down. His comments in 2014 that you never come back from laying your hands on a woman. You guys need to keep that in mind. Also, him doing the mea culpa. Yes, there was no excuse. I deserve everything you guys are going to say about me. That's not enough for me. Not enough. Step down. Victor? I want to first take a moment to step back and look at how this was rolled out. This wasn't a matter of you finding out through some random website or somebody posting this to Twitter. No, this came up on TMZ in conjunction with the statement from Dana White. I need you all to remember TMZ has had a very, very, very uh, nice, to put it nicely, to to put it gently, relationship with TMZ. Dana White has been playing ball with them for years. They constantly get people on from them. And look, some of these have been uh, maybe individual things. I don't doubt that maybe the Daniel Cormier situation may have, you know, him being on TMZ every once in a while and doing those um, weekly or occasional segments might not have been, uh, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that that could have been facilitated by his uh, position as someone who was representative of the UFC and the company using their Uh, their link to TMZ to make that happen. What I'm getting at is it seems very, very likely and very apparent that TMZ got this video through their usual means, right? Someone shopped it around. TMZ did what they usually do. They paid a considerable amount of money because let's not mince words. Harvey Levin is a uniquely evil man another person who will never get whatever it is that he deserves, okay? And and he decided that he was going to massage this situation. Him and his company decided they were going to seek out 
comment from Dana White, as is a journalistic uh, commitment and obligation. You should try to get some sort of comment, some sort of response. But to have it all rolled in together, that right there, that that is very, very clearly a problem. All of this seemed a little bit too uniform, a little too polished and neat for how these entities usually handle things. TMZ seemed to have already had the playbook ready. They seem to have had the special 11 herbs and spices to make this run as smooth as it did. And for a lot of people, what Dana White said was probably enough. And I will accept that, yes, he did take on the the, the brunt and the responsibility in terms of what people will say. That does not mean that he is willing to accept any responsibility for what happens to him. Right. What repercussions are there? And unfortunately, we are very limited in terms of what that may be, what that's going to look like, because I, I, I want to give a big shout out to two people here. Number one, Ariel Helwani, and number two, Luke Thomas. Mm-hmm. Luke Thomas, among other things, among the 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 one of the things he so he really was um, very, very brilliantly noted was a lot of the culture surrounding the way that men talk and act when situations like this arise. And if you remember 2014, because I know I'll never forget, Mm -hmm. that's the year of MMA misogyny writ large, okay? That was the year of War Machine, the year of Josh Grisby, the year of all these people going, you know, oh, well, I mean, if she hits you first, you know, then you get to, and now we're seeing all this stuff again. This is in no small part due to a lot of the, the these, this this surge in a lot of this reactionary, you know, insidious masculinity uh, resurging type thing. A lot of the shit that you were seeing done in a less elegant manner by people like Roosh V in Return of Kings about a decade or so ago. A lot of that chatter has permeated these spaces, especially as it relates to combat sports. And we're seeing a lot of this stuff as it relates to abuse and, and women. Look, Andrew Tate was seen in Abu Dhabi hanging out with Aljamain Sterling. We've, we've, we've dunked on this a lot, right? Now we see Andrew Tate in prison for doing what he was doing. But people are still trying to justify that. People were still trying to justify Gervonta Davis, who we talked about recently as well. Now we're going to talk about, later on, Phil Baroni, who is now, as confirmed by the Associated Press, accused of murdering somebody, of murdering a woman to, with his hands. Do you understand? So all of this stuff, as it relates, when it's a woman getting hit, it's always the same formula. It's like, well, you know, did it really happen? Because bitches be lying. Is she doing it for attention or money? Because bitches be greedy. Wait, wait, uh, wait. What the if- best part. What's the context? <laughs> Yes. Did she hit him first? And then it turns into this thing. And I want to give a, a big, big shout out to Ben Cohn. Cause, and, and I mean this seriously this time, because I remember back in 2014, he did something that was pivotal in the way that I viewed a lot of these conversations. And I never really thought about it this way before. But usually these things go like, well, if she hit him first, what if she did this? What if she had a knife? What if she had a gun? What if she had a, a howitzer cannon? And he's like, you know, I got a little bit of a problem with that, because now it seems like we're just inching our way to find finding where it's acceptable to hit a woman and not exactly address the circumstances at hand. Mm-hmm. You are moving the goalpost towards something that is incredibly, really just the, the least productive shit possible. On to Thomas. Luke said a couple of things on Dan Libertard's show. Important, the most important thing to me as it relates to, the, to, to any potential consequences for Dana White on a professional level, there was a bit of a dip in Endeavor's stock. Whether or not that goes any further, I don't really know, but 
that is really what talks here, folks. Make no mistake. This is not a moral world. This is all a matter of what money you can bring in because otherwise Dan Snyder would be hanging by his ankles in a basement and beat with sticks decades ago. This man would not be even in charge of Washington's uh, football franchise. But it's about the money. If you keep it running in, Jerry Jones, he gets to keep his team and do horrible things. It, all of these incredibly evil people get to do incredibly evil things because the people that they're making money for don't seem to have a problem with it until it affects their pockets. Now you become disposable. Whether or not that happens for Dana White, that is yet to be seen because despite the Endeavor dip, maybe it'll recover, maybe not. The UFC is not their only uh, their only piggy bank for them to dip into. But you do have to look at the fact that Dana White's power slap competition, because good God, what phenomenal fucking timing for all of this to happen, has now been canceled. It has been pulled by TBS ahead of scheduling. It didn't even make it to the first commercial break. And TBS decided to j just offload them like, like fucking flotsam. What's going to happen now? I don't know. And you know what? It was the best decision for them because let's be real. It's got Dana White's name on it. It's got his face on it just like everything else that's got to do with the UFC, right? So if you take him out of the equation, if you were to edit him out, you'd end up with maybe 12 minutes of show per hour. I don't know exactly what you're going to do with that. So no, uh, there's there's that element. And then you've got Helwani who – I, I have I have myriad criticisms of the man and how he does his thing. I, I, I will grant. But what what an amazing turn of events this man has had in the last year in terms of people accusing him of things and being absolutely atrocious and him being able to very correctly and very astutely throw things back in their face in the manner in which they deserve it most. Because here he was. Talking about how Dana White, after the UFC 199 fiasco and how, you know, you remember Hawani cried on air and all that other stuff. He's like, you know, Dana said that your kids are going to see that someday. How are you going to be out here crying? And then what was Hawani's response? Your kids are going to see you doing that to your wife. And minor victories, it doesn't solve the problem. It doesn't make anything right. But it certainly says a lot about how things are to be perceived. Because even though you have a bunch of troglodytes – in the combat sports sphere, not even in combat sports, you're going to have people that don't even watch MMA, that haven't watched the pay-per-view since 2012, and they're going to be out here defending it. They're going to be out here saying, oh, Dana's a nice guy. He gives away money to people. He's, he's good. I like Dana. He's, he's, he's in charge of UFC. He's, he's, that means he's a good person because he's rich and successful. Yeah, you're going to have people defending that. But the people that really matter when it comes to situations like this, again, the people who bankroll this shit and expect returns on their investment, those are the people that are going to make the big decisions here. And maybe he stays. Maybe ultimately he stays. I have no faith whatsoever in him losing a spot. That's just me personally. Based on what I'm able on January 5th, the year of our Lord, 2023, able to assess because I haven't seen really much yet, yet. And that may change. That could change within the next – by the time we're done recording – some crazy shit might come up. Maybe there's going to be more stories coming out of the uh, the, the, the woodwork. We've uh, we, Dana dodged a bullet the size of Arkansas with that sex tape thing that he was being extorted with. I mean, you know, I, that 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 can damage your reputation on a personal level and maybe inch towards business. It didn't really happen. It you know he he was able to to snuff that fire out, but he can't do this when he got caught in 4K. And so for a little bit of context. Right, Dana White a couple of years ago was being extorted due to a sex tape 
And I'm not going to get too deep into the particulars of what the circumstances were. Apparently, it had to do with a stripper and a, her boyfriend recording him in secret or without his knowledge, I believe. The details are a bit hazy from That's what I can right. remember. That is exactly right. He, well, there you they go. They set up a video camera and they videoed Dana and the girl having sex. I believe it was on a couple of occasions, too. It wasn't a one-time thing. And then he commenced to ext extort Dana. And so they went to court. And what was funny, I believe, wasn't it the guy that tried to take him to court? Because Dana had reneged on their deal for him to give him the evidence in exchange for a certain amount of money. Wasn't that the whole crux of the the case? I think that was yeah. part of it. Yeah. But I mean, so it, look, it's not like he was being extorted by any cabal of geniuses here. This right. was a Cohen Brothers <laughs> level of mishap that was not even, burn this was not a very reading. well thought out plan by anyone, really. <laughs> this is a burn after reading type scenario. In a way, it's kind of that. It's a mix between that and that episode of The Simpsons where they give Fidel Castro the billion yeah. dollar bill. Yeah. You know, hey, you mind giving that back? Give what back? There you go. That's, that's, I think that's the way it ended. But the point is that that got put away very quickly and very efficiently because there was no there was, there was no major uh, consequences for Danny here. In fact, I think a lot of people probably haven't heard of that or don't even remember that happening. But that's a different kind of situation. That's kind of a victimless crime sort of situation, right? You have people that consented to uh, acts in private and somebody – not uh, asking for consent to record it. That's something where, where Dana would be seen as the victim. Here, not so much. He's very clearly the bully, right? I mean, in the previous situation, I, I need to bring that up because there's a bit of a personal humiliation thing. There's, you know, that's something that a lot of times there are people that are in charge of companies. They get caught in extortion racket like that. They got to leave. There are people that have had to, the people that have been fired for less than that. Yet Dana stuck around. He, he was he was not touched at all by that. This situation, he got touched and he touched somebody else. And now now he's going to have to wait to see what happens. And if we're going by their usual M.O., they're probably going to wait this out. They're going to hang on for as long as possible, see which way the wind blows. And maybe he doesn't have to leave at all, because if you think about it, man, one of the conditions for the sale from the Fertitas to Endeavor was for Dana to stay on. He knows the inner workings better than anybody else. And most importantly, just like Joe Silva, he's essential at keeping the payouts low to maximize their winnings, to maximize the earnings and revenue. And that's what he's there for more than anything, to be the hatchet man and the authority figure. But you don't have a Lorenzo Fertitta to step in and be the grown-up when he fucks up. And now he fucked up, and he fucked up bad. So uh he 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 did say some of the right things but none of that is going to be enough so there um are some other factors we should mention real quick before we move on i'm going to read a tweet from jeff wagenheim who writes for espn we've been told to not write anything incendiary on social media about the dana white situation and i understand why and have abided by that I just ask y'all to understand that some of us at ESPN do not have as soft a take as this on domestic violence. Now, I understand what Jeff Wagenheim is saying. Mm -hmm. What I don't agree with is the fact that he has said nothing 
other than this, because there is a way of making your point about domestic violence and how you feel about it known without actually being incendiary. So I feel that might be a little bit of a cop-out. And I feel like other journalists uh, for larger outlets that aren't covering this to their to the fullest that it should be covered are also using cop-outs. Jed Mishu wrote a good piece on MMA fighting. Uh, our coverage, our, I'm always biased to our coverage, but you know, our coverage is excellent because it's it's fact-driven. We strive very hard to keep our stuff fact-driven. When it's an opinion post, we make sure we put editorial, but in this case, it's it's just the facts. Just two weeks ago, Victor, we discussed a story where Dana White relayed how ESPN and the UFC finally came, came to terms for their mm. broadcast deal. And it was because a former head of ESPN, John Skipper, had a cocaine addiction and his his dealer was extorting him. And so he went to Disney. He first went to ESPN and then they consulted with Disney and they all agreed that he should step down. Here you have Dana White who was caught on video, on video. They never had John Skipper on video, ever. It was just him coming forward and saying, look, I have, an, I have a problem. I'm seeking help but I'm also being extorted by my dealer. And they all agreed he needed to go. But what has happened here? I want to read one more thing. Uh, Let me just pull it up. I want to read the statement, the official statement from ESPN. And I quote, UFC comms can best help you on your inquiry. Reminder, ESPN does the distribution and UFC produces the content. Mm -hmm. That is the entirety, the entirety, those two sentences. That's the entirety of ESPN's comment when asked to comment on this situation. That speaks volumes to me. When Luke Thomas said that it's a whole different ball game and that he's shocked that nothing is happening, nothing is being said, nothing, nothing, nothing. The most ridiculous comment ever. This is what you want to put out. Ugh, this you is know, a bad look. <laughs> I, I'm a little disappointed in the Wagenheim comment. Like I get what he was mm-hmm. trying to say, but at the same time, if you feel that passionately about that, mm-hmm. if you really feel that strongly about it. I understand you don't want to risk the bag. I know I know that lucrative MMA jobs are uh, not easy to come by, but you could quit too. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Shit. I, it, it, it's something to consider. I don't know. I, I, I'm not, this whole deal is just like, it, it's just also so fucking gross. Like, I don't know what they're waiting for, but I get it. They're also not trying not to endanger their relationship, but all this, all this is just, it, it, it's, this is just, again, further proof that the world is run by children, as I always say. It's it's never really going to be done in the right manner because you have a whole bunch of people that don't have any any real moral imperative to do anything about it. Again, ESPN is also waiting to see which way the wind blows. They're, they're just trying to see where, how this whole thing goes, and then maybe they'll also treat this with a soft touch. I mean, this is worse than what TMZ did. TMZ treated it with a soft touch, but at least they did something. Right. They're doing it to exploit the whole situation and then they're doing it for money, as they always do. But 
Jesus, what the I hell is like, this? I feel like TMZ did this because they have a contract with the UFC to provide first take coverage. That mm. is the, the long and the short of it. They actually gave Dana a heads up, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, because it was immediate. The amount of time was just mere minutes from the time that the video dropped to the time that Dana White had a statement out. So I am of the firm opinion that TMZ definitely gave him the heads up so that he could form his statement. Also, the way that they they led with the story, lots of alcohol was involved. That was the first sentence they said was the alcohol was flowing. The liquor was flowing. Mm-hmm. And so they set up a scenario, basically um, absolving all parties of their indiscretions. Mm-hmm. And you just can't do that. Um, I'm sorry, but TMZ, that, that that's not coverage, in my opinion. It was self-serving due to, um, I don't know if it's a written contract or if it's an unwritten contract, but TMZ and Barstool are the, the go-tos right now. Man, and don't even get me started I, on Kevin Ioli. Either, you know how I feel about Crapstool. Well, yeah, I know how you feel about Kevin Ioli too. Yes. So, yep. Yeah, we're not we're not going to do that. Nope. But unfortunately, folks, we are going to move on to yet another unfortunate event that took place, and a bit of a content warning for this one. Unfortunately, on January 1st, uh, the a woman was found dead in the beach town of San Fernando, and she was uh, later identified as a companion or girlfriend of Veroni. Now, initially, there was a bit of a um, a bit of a bit of less than clear information coming out as to the identity of the person who had been accused of doing so, and it turns out it was Baroni. And the details are absolutely horrendous. Now, I don't want to get too much into that either here because that is, um, you know, it, it, like this case is already bad enough. Unfortunately, you have a woman who's now dead. She had bruises all over her body. It appeared that she had been um, tossed into the shower and later on the body had been discovered wrapped up in a sheet and placed on the bed. Uh, Brony had allegedly left the room to get some beer and cigarettes. I'm not sure what his state of mind might have been. This is yet another one of those situations where we don't really know what caused this just yet. There's no real excuse as to what could have happened or what could have caused this situation. But one of the main voices that rung out pretty clear on this was Josh Barnett, who upon hearing the news when it was initially put out or when it was being circling uh, you know, as a rumor, uh, discussed how he had known Phil Baroni for a very long time and was disturbed by some of the behaviors that had been manifesting for quite some time, given that Baroni had taken a lot of brain damage and he was acting in a manner that was erratic and irrational. He was prone to fits of anger and um, being uh, making a little bit less than usual sense. And this was not to excuse anything that Baroni had done. This was simply a matter of maybe shedding a bit of light. And personally, this this does kind of remind me of the Chris Benoit situation. Now, when, when his brain had been examined after his death, he had been uh, found to have the brain of what was basically the equivalent of an 80-something-year-old man due to all the CTE that he had accrued. Now, usually, when we see a fighter say something or do something that's boneheaded, like when BJ Penn goes out and says something dumb, right, or when Brendan Schaub says something dumb, a lot of people are quick to go, CTE, guys, 
that's not really something we should be talking about or throwing about so lightly. Um, we do have a bit of um, problem in this ecosystem where people uh, have less than enlightened opinions and have very poor judgment. But that doesn't mean that all of it is CTE. This right here could potentially be a part of it. It's not an excuse, but it could be a contributing factor. It seems very heavily likely that someone could be, again, prone to moments of violence and and maybe he had it in him all along we don't really know what we do know is he is under arrest in mexico it's already bad enough i mean foreigners don't always get the worst treatment in mexico but um the the real tragedy of it all is not what's going to happen to phil but the loss of life of the victim um i have not seen any identifiers regarding the victim i feel terrible either way uh, and and now you've got a family that's got to deal with this and, and, and a relative that isn't going to be coming home. Um, I don't really know where to score this. I'm sure there's more information that we're going to need in order to be able to make any um, further judgments here with this. And it is a tough subject to even breach because where do we go from here? I mean, what if it wasn't CTE? You know, is, has he exhibited violent behavior in the past by some accounts yes he has he's in fact been uh, you know there's there's always been chatter in in mma circles that he's been unhinged you know that he's been someone who's uh you know increasingly had very um unethical behavior let's say less than pleasant behavior right if we're being very diplomatic about it and ultimately, it's just a sad thing all around. You know, you've got the victim. And in a way, you also kind of feel, you know, like, damn, Phil, what happened? You know, it's it's one of those situations where things could have been a lot better. But no, a series of decisions have led to this. And now he's basically thrown his life away. So a um, bit of a tough thing to hand off, Steffi, I know. But uh, what what were your thoughts when you first heard about this? Was not shocked in the least. Phil has been on a downward spiral for many years, and I don't blame CTE for all of it, as as many people are, because this isn't all CTE-related, I don't think. Phil has had a weak side. He's been prone to experimenting with any kind of drugs, and um, he's been prone to... uh, sporadic violence too and it goes way back i mean listen he thought josh berkman was hitting on his wife in a nightclub josh berkman was dancing with his own girlfriend or wife i don't know if they were married at the time he ended up marrying the girl but it all stemmed because phil thought that josh berkman was eyeballing his wife and so he picked a fight with him and then he got his ass beat and then he got thrown in jail. And this happened numerous times over the years. That was like 14, 13, 14 years ago. He's been on this path for a very long time. And you can chronicle it by watching his social media, by watching the organizations he signed with, by watching his arrest record, because he's been arrested numerous times to the situation itself. I mean, his whole explanation is like Swiss cheese. He said that she came home and told him that she'd been unfaithful and that he demanded she take a shower and that when she didn't, he picked her up and threw her and she hit her head on once on the wall and once on the floor. But 
According to the arrest report, the woman's body was covered head to toe with bruises on her chest, her back, her arms, her legs, her face. That doesn't sound to me like a two-hit situation. She hit the the wall and then the floor. It sounds to me like he beat his girlfriend to death. A A former police officer weighed in on Twitter and said that it is incredibly hard to beat someone to death. Even a man beating a woman to death, your body is resilient, your bones are resilient, your flesh is resilient. So for him to do that, he had to have been in some state and he had to be dedicated to that, to the purpose of shutting her up or punishing her for whatever slight he felt that she deserved this beating for. But it's horrific I have no sympathy. I hope they bury him under the worst prison possible forever. And I will not sit here and say it was CTE because you can follow everything about him for years. And he has been this person. It's just been spiraling more and more. Do I think he might have CTE? Sure. He's taken quite a few beatings, but I will not attribute this to CTE. Sorry, can't do it. And you got to remember, he was he was a guy who defended War Machine. Yes, back yes. in that back in those days, and 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 threw a tantrum when he got cut from Bellator for that. Yep, as if somehow that wasn't going to be a problem, you know. But yeah, that's. I'm yeah. just grateful that his ex-wife got away from him six six or seven years ago was when they split up, and she's you know remarried and everything. But I made friends with her, and I'm I'm so glad she got away because. That could have been her. And and I'm not saying that uh, this should be an, an even exchange, you know, one woman for another. No, no, no. I'm just saying I happen to know his ex-wife and that could have been her and that I'm I'm glad she was able to get away. I feel immense sorrow for the woman and the woman's family, her friends, her loved ones. This This is just a horrific situation and don't have any more words for this, honestly. So I'm going to make another really brutal transition to something a little slightly brighter. I I know not everybody's a Jake Paul fan. I'm certainly not. And I know that Victor's not, but it's definitely a change for the better in our news cycle right now. And it is that Jake Paul has signed a deal with the PFL and he has offered to fight Nate Diaz in both boxing and MMA. Now, listen, this is for sure a self-serving interest, but it has multiple effects. And for PFL, just the headlines alone are good because being associated with a presence that commands the audience that Jake Paul has is exactly what they need. Because from what I understand, their pay-per-view didn't break 50,000 buys. It didn't break 20,000 buys. So if you want to put on, as they're saying here in this article, two pay-per-views a year, and this is going to be, from what Jake Paul is saying, there's going to be a new division called the Super Fight Division, where that um, influencers, celebrities, YouTubers, whatever, square off against, and I quote, established professional fighters. This also is going to have another 
beneficial effect in that supposedly in this particular division, I'm not saying this is universal of all the divisions of PFL. It is just this super fight division. The uh, pay-per-views will be a 50-50 pay-per-view revenue split with the fighters and the PFL, which I think is great. Um, if you're going to double down and continue having pay-per-views, you kind of need a draw. And Kayla Harrison isn't it. Jake Paul very well could be it. And, you know, say what you want about him because he is a shit heel for the most part. He draws eyes. And even if he doesn't draw what they what we expect him to draw if he gives them any kind of boost then it's money well spent so if you want your pay-per-views to do well jake paul is definitely someone that can give you a boost and even if it's a small boost it's money well spent one other thing to note about this jake paul uh reportedly owns an equity share of the company as well of the pfl so there's that to consider too. So he has a personal vested interest to make this thing successful. So he's already out there dropping videos saying, and I quote, I've already disrupted boxing and now it's time to disrupt MMA. If, if that's not balls, then I don't know what is. I'm down to fight Nate Diaz in your own damn sport. Let's make it happen. He's willing to come in with just a six month gap to fight <laughs> Nate Diaz in his own wheelhouse. I'm sorry. Um, takedowns and jiu-jitsu and wrestling and everything else, kicks and all that shit, hmm, might be a little bit more of an even playing field because I think Jake is counting on the fact that he does have heavy hands, that he can rely solely on that. Boy, if I'm Nate Diaz, I take that fight and I immediately double leg that motherfucker and tie him up in a pretzel. That is what I would do. I would take that fight because it's a money fight. I would take the boxing match too because you know what? You might get knocked out or whatever, but you're going to make millions off this kid. So do it. I'm sorry. I, I'm all about these guys getting money. And if Jake Paul is going to be the one to somehow make that happen, then so be it because it ain't going to happen through the promotions. I want to know what those pay-per-view numbers were, not just for that PFL pay-per-view finale that they had, but also what the pay-per-view numbers look like for Jake Paul's last two fights. Mm. Because I think this is two people that saw, okay, maybe this isn't going as well as we thought or as we'd hoped. And as a result, we are going to, uh, you know, maybe merge, combine our powers and do this. And we're going to entice a third party to come in here and make that money. And Nate is all about that money and good for him. Two things, though. Having him in a boxing match, eh, I mean, we've already talked about this, right? His chances, Nate's chances might not be as good as some people think, but fine, whatever. An MMA fight, however, I don't know what that would look like either because Jake and Logan both wrestled in high school. So they're not strangers to any of this. And they're both way younger and strong. And uh, what weight class would this even happen in? Like, is this really that ballsy if he intends for this to happen? I mean, look, he's, he's not someone who's called people out without the intention of actually following through. So I will give him that. I do think he's serious about that. But I also think he sees some deficiencies that Nate has and uh, very clearly 
knows that he has the advantage, you know, but whether it's youth and athleticism or strength or, you know, a combination of factors, I don't really like it. I don't really know that this is going to lead to more people getting paid. I don't really, other than, other than Jake. No, I, I don't, I don't really think it is. Had it has been continuing with his little boxing endeavors elsewhere, then that would be a different story because, you know, then it's, then it's the fighters negotiating a split, but then you've got the promotion here involved. I don't know how this makes any fiscal sense for them because I don't know what the, I I don't know what the dividends would look like here, right? How do you split the revenue that comes in? I'm not, I don't, I, I just feel like this is eventually just going to take more of the suck up more of the oxygen that should be going to the MMA fighters, which is what we're there for when we tune into PFL. But unless they're branching out to have a sister arm with boxing, like Bellator did with kickboxing, or I, I, I guess I, I don't. This is all very weird to me, and I don't think it just it, it doesn't. It's not appealing to me personally, and maybe that's where I'm having that block. Maybe that you obviously your mileage may vary, right? I'm sure people will disagree, and there's a lot of people that that would like to see this take place, and maybe think that Nate is the one to give Jake his comeuppance. I just don't buy it. That's just me. I don't know. Real quick before we move on to our last topic, Victor, are you ready for this? I guess so. Oh, God. All right. Brace yourself because you're probably going to start immediately spitting nails and breathing fire. Mm -hmm. Dana White's Power Slap League debut has been delayed one single week after video emerges of him slapping his wife. It will now... Uh, be airing a week later, but it is definitely going to continue on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that is okay. a report from the New I, York mm, Times. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think that I, it, I, my my initial uh, before the before the the news or the rumor of this being canceled came out, I'm like, well, it's kind of surprising that on a week's notice they were able to just. Um, shuttle off all the ad buys that they had and everything for it. But I mean, it, I don't know, maybe they had the kind of arrangement where they could front it, but well, no, turns out this is different. Oh, well there's that, I suppose. Uh, I, yeah, I guess. Anyway, we are going to move on to yet another unpleasant person. And I don't know about you. I thought this was actually kind of adorable. Um, Unfortunate, but still adorable. Turns out that now recently ousted Brazilian former president Jair Bolsonaro has decided to do what most uh, dictators and men of ill repute decide to do these days and move to the United States. Usually they'd go somewhere else. Get it? People would go from here to other places, but now they're they're going. Yeah. Well, if if it's any consolation, if that last part didn't really make too much sense to you, he's moving to Florida, America, Somalia. So that makes a lot of sense. There's no law. So you can totally make that happen. One uh, interesting wrinkle in how that ties into MMA is that he's not going to be staying at your usual Airbnb. He's not going to be at the Holiday Inn. He's not going to be staying at Disney. He's going to be staying at one of the homes of former UFC champion and my greatest of all time, Jose Aldo. I don't know that we really need to go into too much of a deep dive about what we just addressed earlier in terms of this whole faux masculinity shit and how a lot of that, you know, ties into MMA culture and combat sports culture and men wanting to be tough and manly and having an affinity for strongmen or at least men that purport to be uh, strong and even though they have very weak moral convictions such as Bolsonaro. But interesting, I guess. Uh, It's unfortunate that uh, guys like Aldo, people that 
if you look at their lives from uh, you know a bit of a, a, a macro level, you'd think, well, this is someone who is of the people. He came up from nothing. You know, what, what would he have in common with this guy who is all about beating the downtrodden and all this other shit? But hey, listen, that's not for me. And if you think that maybe my assessment of the situation is wrong and you're more in tune with Brazilian politics than I am, fine. I'm not going to argue with you. I don't know. I don't care. But it's not a great look from a PR perspective. I mean, it's not like Bolsonaro has a great um, uh, legacy outside of Brazil. Here in the U.S., he's not doesn't seem to be a particularly loved person. But although had a home, I just kind of think that's mighty generous, more generous than I would have expected for someone like him. I mean, it shows a great deal of reverence to me, and, and more so than just respect, uh, a great level of deep personal appreciation for him to have done it. Now, I do think it's kind of funny, because now I'm imagining Bolsonaro walking around Florida. Like, here's a guy who basically has no home, you know what I mean? He couldn't even stay in Brazil. He decided to leave, because of course, that's what you do the day before you're supposed to have a transition of power. I mean, yeah, that's what all brave people do, right? No, just, they you can't, have... They have a bunch of charges pending against him. That's why he fled. Oh, well, my yeah. God. They that's, are. <laughs> yes. That's he... what I was going to get to. Oh, I'm sorry. God, no, God. no. I'm that's... so excited I'm to you... get in this no, conversation. No, it's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that much like conservatives do in the U.S., you know, defending their team, they're Aldo and Pitbull and these other guys will be like, oh, that's that's the deep state and that's fake news. And, you know, somehow Hillary Clinton is involved in Brazilian politics or something like that. Um, if you haven't seen it, there's a lovely video one uh, floating around of Bolsonaro entering a Publix. And I don't know why people thought this was interesting on a, on a, on a, like at face value because there are supermarkets in Brazil. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's been to them. I'm pretty sure that he's been to fancier ones and that he's also visited the U.S. before. So it, I don't see why that's really news. But then I see the video and I see him wandering around like a lost puppy and I think – yeah, that is kind of funny. I don't know what it is about him. It's, it's that idiot face of his, and he's in the perfect place, Florida. I mean, how many more COVID variants can we spawn? I think we're about to find the fuck out. Steffi, had this news hit you, and how were you disappointed when you found out that it was going to be at Aldo's place? Yes, 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 yes. You know, there's so many fighters that I like. The Pitbull brothers, let's, let's put them up there. They are diehard Bolsonaro supporters, and that hurts me. It hurts me because Bolsonaro is human trash. Ah, uh, you know, and it's not just that there's charges pending against him. He also fears for his life. I wonder why when you're out there exterminating indigenous peoples over the, the land. Oh, you know what? You got whatever is coming to you. And I won't be sad at all when it happens, because you think by coming to Florida, they're not going to be able to get to you. Go hide in the minion room, buddy. It would be funny if he's like if, if he's like running from a SWAT team or something like that. And his his disguise is like him hiding behind a lamp is a giant stuffed minion. You know, he's <laughs> like the cartoon thing where he's got his eyes shifting from one. But it's just one eye shifting side to side. I, I think that's yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> but in any event, um, I hope that he was forced to sleep in the minion room, though. I really do. Yeah, well, hmm. I do have one thing to read off to you that's going to make you laugh okay. before we wrap up the show. And it comes from our good buddy, PDL MMA, a Troy named Sue. Hey. So let me read two tweets to you. It would be a bummer for Dana White and TBS if they forgot to register the domain 
DanaWhitePowerSlap.com. Oh, shit. Somebody else bought it to make a quick website about his domestic abuse during their lunch break. Let me read the second. Let me read the follow-up. Oh, wow. And then it's got the site. And oh, my God, just go open it. (laughs) So for all of you out there, just go to DanaWhitePowerSlap.com definitely go there share it with all your friends put it on all your social media pin it to the top of your twitter page if you want to be cool pin this to the top of your page throw the bird to the establishment Mm. interesting interesting Mm. see detroit cutting edge of innovation that guy he's always he's always on some bullshit that i just you know like i fully mm -hmm. support it too he, he did it again. That, that <laughs> motherfucker just always, oh, you know, it just in the in the least expected way, he just finds ways to crack me up. And I'm just like, oh, that scoundrel. <laughs> I can't <laughs> fucking help it. All right. So anyways, do me a favor. Follow this guy. He's amazing. He's funny. Quite simply, he's just the man. So follow him. On Twitter at Vic M. Rodriguez. Follow the show at Level Change Pod. Follow me at Crooklyn MMA. Uh, follow Mookie at Mookie Alexander. Victor has an incredible Instagram feed. Check it out. Victor Sinister Rodriguez. Food pics, traveler, travel pics, all sorts of pics. You might even get some pics of Victor partying in Florida at like a mini carnival celebration. <laughs> you might, and, and and you might see some thirst traps soon. Who knows? Yeah, there you go. Uh, Mookie works for SB Nation's Field Goals website. So if you are a Seahawks fan, get over there. Commiserate. Also, Mookie will be joining us Um not next week, but the following week. And we're going to start our picks for the beginning of the year. So do make sure you tune in every week, but especially for that episode. Uh, Victor and I were for Bloody Elbow. So check out our stuff over at bloodyelbow.com. And if you listen to the pre-recorded outro, you can find out where you can listen to this show and all the other great Bloody Elbow podcasts. So until next time... Do yourself a favor. Stay safe. Adios. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Presents production. To check out more of our content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is titled Bloody Elbow Presents. We're also on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Player FM, and Amazon Music. Just search for Bloody Elbow Presents and you'll get brand new shows throughout the week, including Care Don't Care, the Level Change Podcast, the MMA Vivis Section, the 6th Round Post-Fight Show, 6th Round Retro, the MMA Depressed Us, Crooklyn's Corner, Exclusive Fighter Interviews, Show Money, Guest Podcasts, the Hey Not The Face podcast, and radio-style play-by-play for every UFC pay-per-view. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Bloody Elbow blog, and as always, on BloodyElbow.com.